What is essential? A quick search of Merriam-Webster's dictionary found the following definitions. As an adjective, of the utmost importance. As a noun, something necessary, indispensable, or unavoidable. How do we define what is absolutely necessary, and how does this inspire us? Stay tuned for an inspirational conversation. Welcome to Therapists in Motion podcast, brought to you by Spooner Physical Therapy. Welcome back to Therapists in Motion podcast. Dan here again, hosting on a special topic. Over the past six weeks, our country has seen a drastic change in our quote-unquote normal. Many of us have seen changes in our work, our workflow, our family lives, what we deem as essential, and many other things as we adapt to this COVID-19 situation. However, I think it is important to highlight that the profession of physical therapy was deemed by our government as an essential provider and service. That means that they have deemed us necessary, important, indispensable. I feel it is important for all of us to take some time and realize how far our profession has come, but yet how far we still have to go. Take a moment and think back why you decided to enter the profession of physical therapy. Yes, that pause was intentional, although I think you could have just hit the pause button on your device. As many of you of our avid listeners know, I am currently going through the 40-week hybrid fellowship program through the G Institute, better known as the GIFT program. I am humbled to be surrounded by people throughout the world who are so committed to bettering themselves. Through the journey of GIFT, we focus on three important components of body, mind, and spirit. I think this triadox is truly incredible. First, it is a core founding principle of not only the Gray Institute, but also Spooner Physical Therapy. Just like the logo that you see on our podcast, that yellow triangle is currently part of the normal Spooner logo, and the three sides also speak to mind, body, and spirit. Brad Gray, one of the faculty members in the Gray Institute and also Gary's son, provides content relevant to our journey through gift focused on the spirit. Due to the extent of the coronavirus outbreak, I was unable to join many people from around the world in Adrian, Michigan in March. However, a supplemental supplemental material, secondary to not being able to be present in person, Brad sent a video for reflection during this time, and it really pulled on my heart. He spoke to while I do not know you, I know you. His talk was titled, Who Are You? During his talk, he highlighted a story that led to him making this comment. I do not know you, but I know you. I realized that hosting a podcast, most of our listeners, I do not know. However, I am driven by Brad Gray's words. I do not know you, but I know you. I know that many of you found this journey into the world of physical therapy because you had a servant heart. A servant heart? Is this really... the reason that many of you joined the profession of physical therapy? Is this really what caused you during your moment of reflection to find what chose and drew you to the profession of physical therapy? Aren't the people that are in our profession really cool people? What is the common theme? I find it hard to believe that being a, having a servant heart is probably the most common theme. Why do I highlight the servant heart in the story of Brad Gray, and how does it 
connect with us being essential providers. I think it is important for us to get into a discussion from our heart, what it means in our families, what it means in our colleagues, our communities, and within our profession. I'm very excited to have three special guests with me today. They should be familiar to you as listeners as well. I'm joined by Jennifer Lee, Brett Fisher, and Andrew Walquist. We are all conferencing in, so hopefully our audio quality echoes this extremely high level of discussions we plan to have. I know that these three individuals have massive servant hearts in their both personal and professional lives. I am humbled to have these three individuals as part of the discussion, but more importantly, to call them friends and colleagues. We collectively want to take a moment to say thank you for all of the work that you do. You are putting yourselves out there to care for your communities. The work that you do does matter. We have seen so many dramatic stories of success because of your ability to stay open and care for our communities. Yes, modifications are necessary, but our ability to help our communities remains the same. As we have the discussion, our hope is really to inspire you, to provide hope, to help make an impact in your own lives and those around you. I want us to discuss three with these three incredible people how we can help make your life better how we can impact the lives of those around you, how we can help you rehab better, and how we can expand your brain and mind to look at things differently. So welcome, Brett, Jen, and Andrew. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'm going to throw out the first question here, you know, after I kind of introed our podcast just a little differently than normal. We've been deemed essential as a profession by our government and the medical community. But my, my question to the three of you is, how do we take this, this concept of being essential and connect it to a deeper level? And, and how do we use that concept of essentialism to not only per, per, um, support ourselves, but to help us serve at a deeper level? I can take this one and run with it first. For me working with people when the rest of the world seemingly is closed has highlighted the importance of what isolation does to people and what human touch and connection, how much that is needed and what that does for people. Um, Having my patients come in and get emotional because I'm the only person or we are the only people in the clinic that they get to see three times a week. And they're so thankful they get to come in three times a week. Um, It's important for now because of the pandemic, but it's like, that's why I do what I do. It's, it's human connection. It's being able to impact somebody, somebody's life. So the idea of essential now is good for me. The idea of essential, we've always been essential. People have always needed us, always needed what we do. And now more than ever, I think. No, absolutely, Jen. I, I definitely agree with you with, with how human touch can go so far. And I feel like the fact that we've been deemed essential by government bodies, by everyone around us, by our patients, you know, that that, that is good for us as a profession. But I, I want to highlight that it is not just our profession, it's the individuals in our profession that are making that possible. That anyone that's listening to this right now, I just hope and pray that you know that, that what you are doing is a valuable service, not just to the physical side, which we as physical therapists, obviously, by being PT physical is part of it, but that, that we're called and we're doing something even more. And that's what Jen was saying about how we are addressing these people's 
pain that they have in their mind and their spirit from this social isolation and the fact that, you know, a lot of people, this is the first time that they've navigated those waters. A lot of people have navigated the waters of physical pain. And all of a sudden, when this pandemic comes, the bottom drops out and they're left alone. That's a different kind of pain. And we as physical therapists have that unique ability to be more comprehensive pain specialists and recognizing, hey, yes, you are coming from me to me with a physical pain, but I can offer you something a little bit more through the power of touch, through the power of the connection that, that you're talking about. So I hope that anyone that's listening know that thank you for doing the work that you are doing, helping those patients, even if it is one patient a day, if you're cut back that far, you know, and while you are struggling to make ends meet right now with, with lots of paycheck, you know, uncertain future, please stick with it. You are doing something far more valuable with your God-given abilities. Yeah, I think you highlight something really important there, Andrew, that um, it is really vital for for us as, um, you know, delivering a podcast for us being in leadership positions, you know, you as a clinic director and Jen, Brett and I both, you know, being involved in practice performance within our, our clinic here at Spooner that inspiring hope and merit and worth for the therapists around us and our listeners is so valuable right now because it's easy to feel like, we're lost because this is something for us that we've never navigated before. But but I also think it's important for everybody to take time to think about why they really joined this profession and what inspires them to continue to show up for work every day to um, find new ways to connect with their communities, find new ways to stimulate their brains because I think that those are going to be essential components of who we are as people that are going to help us come out of this at a different level than what we went into it for, you know, or into it with. So Brett, I want to ask you a question. You know, I've heard you talk a little bit about what inspired you from a servant's heart to open the Fisher Institute 23 years ago. And I think that that's really valuable at this time for you to just give our listeners a little bit of a cue on, on how that pulled on you and really what the mind, body, spirit connection has meant in your journey over the last 23 years, working in private practice and in professional sports. Oh, thanks for having me on. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yep. Yeah, we can. Okay. Well, first of all, I think everyone is essential. I, I know we've been deemed essential, but like the things my wife does, the things that people do in our lives, it's so essential because God created all of us. So for us, first of all, we're all essential. But the government has deemed us PTs as as this one essential type thing. And I, I think that's because God has wired us as PTs to have that servant heart in a certain way. And I think we have those characteristics. And we were given those by God. Um, but with that said, we now have a huge responsibility that's given to us because he, he gave us these gifts. We're wired that way. We're not wired to do accounting. We're wired to do these things. And that's our responsibility. It's amazing. Like my career, I tell therapists, 50% of what I do is physical, like their programs and that kind of stuff. The other 50% is mental and spiritual and listening to them, encouraging them hearing what they have to say. So for me, it's such a big part of our profession is that we have the ability to affect lives 
and, and like you said, the mind, body, and spirit. And that's what kind of motivates me in that way. And uh, it's amazing. Opening my clinic, my wife is the one, she's always two steps ahead of me on, on certain things. And she said, you know, I really believe that God's calling you to open a clinic. I said, no way. And every time I try to do something, it just wouldn't work. And the minute I started looking to open a clinic, everything fell into place. And it was an amazing experience for me to do that. So, um, but thank you for having me on there. This is, this is an important topic for everybody here. So Andrew and Jen, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm humbled by, by Brett and getting to, you know, learn from him over the last, gosh, now probably six, seven months. And just the, the things that constantly come out in his leadership, his mentoring, his experiences and his sharing of his experiences is that constant humble heart and that servant heart. And and I kind of want, as you both Jen and Andrew have gone through the entire gift program and the curriculum and now have been out and have practiced and integrated that as part of your, as, as part of your life. I want you guys to take a little bit of moment back and reflect on connecting it to your experiences, but also connected into how you see this from an essential standpoint as who we are as professionals. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what got me into gifts in the first place was kind of what Brett was alluding to about having, having 50% of it be like the physical aspect and the educational and the great fellowship experience, but then realizing how the whole person is integrated with that, that, that even though our attack is definitely to the physical realm, how that, that both the mind and the spirit play into that. And that's what got me hook, line, and sinker with that, that all of a sudden, after realizing the whole, realizing how you just the whole person, something that I have kind of always kind of had in my mind of saying, hey, this is, there's something to this. And I know that was making me an effective physical therapist before going to gift. This really just fortified that for me and said, hey, you know, this is this is not only what you've had a hunch and aptitude for, but this is really a way that you can address it, which is hugely empowering to me. And it almost definitely almost gave me this I want to say permission, but it's like I was doing it already, but just a, a different kind of boldness to say, hey, let's all admit that that we are not just physical beings, and let's and let's admit that we're not just mental beings or just spiritual beings, because in our medical system and in the current way that people get help, they almost get help in only one of those domains. You know, oh, I'm sick, I'm going to go to the doctor, I need mental health, I'm just going to go to a counselor, oh, I need spiritual help, I'll talk to my pastor. None of those are bad things at all. And and if, if, if you have a hunch that you need one of those things, go for it. But some people in those individual professions only just get narrow-minded and just focus on one aspect of it. And that's, I think, the unique possibility that we have now, even during this COVID experience, where we're still helping people through this whole, through their physical ailment, and that's why they're in our physical therapy clinics, but that we can address the whole person and talk to them about this. And, I mean, thinking about what's essential, I mean, I first want to say that, can I, can I just say it's essential to admit that this sucks right now, <laughs> like how everything changed and how hard this is as a practitioner. And honestly, how hard it is as a patient, whether they wait, do I go out and maybe risk getting sick where I am going to be safer 
from a COVID perspective at home, but while I'll be sicker in my musculoskeletal, with my musculoskeletal issues, if I don't go, that's a hard thing to balance. It sucks. I don't want anyone to have to make that decision, but yet every day our patients are coming and making it. As a provider, you're like, I would be safer at home. I got two kids. I got a wife. I have a mom who's on chemo right now. You know, I, I don't know if I should risk this. But at the same time, although it sucks, we are given those God-given abilities, like Brett was saying, to where we can use that and, in fact, almost leverage it during this time. I remember whenever I was a travel therapist in Las Vegas, Jack Close owns a couple of of private outpatient Mm -hmm. practices there, and I was there with him. And that was when I graduated from PT school in 2009. It was a great recession, you know, and coming out of that. And I remember having a discussion with him saying, you know, saying, you know, how are you doing with this great recession? You know, a lot of people are not coming. I mean, Vegas, as an entertainment industry, hit hard. People not coming in. People with benefits. And he said, you know, I feel, I feel like whenever people have an, a, a desire to slow down, I'm just going to put on the accelerator. I'm going to open another clinic. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be there to serve the people that really need it. And I thought, man, that there's a lot of wisdom behind that. That I felt. Like, man, uh, that there's no way I, I would have had that boldness then. I don't even know if I would have it now. But I think during this COVID experience, to realize me as an individual right now, how I can be bold and just say, let's push on this accelerate while people are struggling. Let's lean into them more where they have an, a propensity to, to scale back, to lean back, to really help them, not just from the physical aspect, but from that mental and spiritual aspect that, that I have been able to learn more about the degree of suit and through colleagues such as you, Dan and Jen. Yeah, I think Ooh. that was awesome, Andrew. I wrote a couple notes that I think is really important for people to highlight. And then I want Jen and Brett to kind of chime in here in a minute. You said that it is essential for us as physical therapists to help their mind, their body, and their spirit. That is so powerful, guys, as and our listeners. That is so powerful. I want you to think about that because, you know, Andrew and I went to a physical therapy school that was faith-based. You know, it was a Jesuit institution. Sometimes we joke about reflecting, about reflecting, about reflecting. Um, but but it was really important now later on in our lives and during this situation. I think that that's hugely important. And even in our program, we only had one course talking about the mind side of a person, right? Only one course, right? And as I train therapists that join Spooner Physical Therapy, I always ask them the question about in your didactic curricula, how much of it was focused on the body versus how much of it was focused on the mind and the spirit. And it's usually 80 to 90%, if not higher on the body. But yet you've heard from Brett saying in his professional tenure, only 50% of his time is spent on the body, right? So I think that's that, that quote that Andrew said about what is essential for us as physical therapists is owning the mind, body, spirit approach and referring out as necessary. Like Andrew said, if somebody needs that, don't be the barrier, encourage them, inspire them that that pull that they're feeling is okay. Right. So, so Jen and Brett, now I kind of want you guys to kind of go in and, and expound upon further, you know, Andrew's thoughts, your thoughts a little bit here. Okay. Go ahead, Jen. Well, I would say 
prior to going through gift and, and agreeing with you in school, it was 90 plus percent body. I would say 95. I don't remember besides a little psychology learning much about the mind at all or how to connect with the patient in the moment. And so school for me was didactic information, test and measures, know this stuff. And I remember specifically thinking, man, it was easier for me to connect with patients when I was a tech, when I didn't have all this technical information in my head that I had to filter out what to do and what the right thing to do is. And now I have all this pressure to figure out what's wrong with them and do it in 13 sessions or less. Like that's a lot of pressure. And I remember going into gift, like this is going to teach me what I need to know to be able to connect the dots and get people better faster. And finishing gift. Uh, when you graduate from gift, you, at least back then you would get a plaque and they would call your name and you would go up, um, and you got a choice to say a word about your experience. And for entering that to learn information, uh, <laughs> I found myself actually crying into the microphone talking about how much it softened me. Um, because I realized I can get so far with information, but if I'm not connecting to the person, if I'm not accessing the deeper part of them, which I don't care if you call it spirit, soul, every single faith based or religion or any type of culture and humankind has had this eternal component to it. If you're not connecting to that in someone, you're missing the boat. And so I'll go as far as to say now that I work, happen to work as a physical therapist and work on the body, but I think if I had to say which is the weakest of the three, I would say the body's the weakest of the three, of the mind, body, and spirit, because they have such an impact on how the body functions negatively and positively. Um, and so now I, it's kind of um, paradoxical in that I have more experience, but I've found that I do best with people when I just let go. I stop showing off and I just show up to their session. And I just say, given what I have now and where I've been, how can I meet you in this moment and what is best for you in this moment? And now it has shifted. People need, it's not normal to contact people. People have masks on. It changes the way everyday life is for every single person. So coming in and seeing somebody who actually asks you how you're doing, you have a conversation, you touch them, you talk to them about how their life is going. There's a connection there. It's, I mean, there's no words to describe it, but, but to me, essential has never been more of a vibrant worth than it is right now. Um, and so I've really reflected on, on who I am as a clinician during this time, because for me, it, it's kind of like a snow globe. I've heard one of my favorite authors talks about normal life, normal, pre-COVID, is a snow globe that's shaken up and it's just swirling and you can't see for anything because there's so much going on. Well, the snow globe has been put on the counter for the last month and it's settled. And now you can see what's important to you and you can reflect on what's important to you when there's not all the craziness of life all around you. For me, I've actually, I've had less anxiety because I feel like the external environment matches the internal environment for me. If you listen to my journey podcast, they talked about my anxiety. So I've actually had less anxiety because there's anxiety with the pandemic, which I find a, a, a weird thing. Um, but 
yeah, like I've gone everywhere from what are my love languages? My love languages are quality time and physical touch. Like, uh, thank goodness I do what I do. And I get, <laughs> I get to actually see people and, and work on them every day. Cause I get to tap into that. And otherwise I don't know how I would access that. Jen, that was amazing. <clears throat> and I think you, you kind of hit on it about <clears throat> where's our focus? Is our focus on ourselves or somebody else? And when our focus changes, it changes everything. As the elder statesman here, I've been in PT now as a PT 33 years. I kind of scared <laughs> me to say that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I want to tell a quick story. <clears throat> I was fortunate in my career at a young age to be in the NFL and do a lot of things. But unfortunately for me, um, it was about me and my career. So I was 100% body. Mind and spirit really didn't matter a whole lot about my career. And um, as I got going and, and the Chicago Cubs, we lost a lot of games. <laughs> um, I was fired. No coach. New, new, new regime come in, right? And it was a big part of my life because who I was was wrapped in what I did as a PT for the Cubs. And it was a time in my life where God basically took something away from me because I was not focused on anyone else but myself. So... It was a tough time for me, but it was a humbling time. So the answer I gave you earlier, Dan, is because I went through this and my focus was on me, was focused on the body. It wasn't focused on the important things that God had planned for me. And so it really changed the dynamics of how I work. It changed the way I look at things. Um, and <clears throat> so when I started the clinic, I actually based it upon Matthew 25, 42 through 46. And if you don't mind, I'll, I read it. It says, for I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't look after me. And they said, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, stranger, or needing clothes or being in prison or sick? And did I help you? And he said, truly, whatever you did for the least of my brothers, you did for me. And that, that verse changed my life. Absolutely. I think well, it's the it's it's the idea of being present all of the time, like all of the time. Um, so, yeah, for me, uh, every person yeah. that walked in that clinic was from God. God assigned them for me, and if I want to serve God and not me, that person who walked in—I don't care if they're a professional athlete or a grandmother—they are important in God's eyes, and that's how I still look at it. Now, God has restored my desires to treat sports athletes but i do it in a way that's i'm not impressed by who they are i'm just fortunate to do that but i also enjoy spending time with all kinds of patients no matter what their economical background is or fame or fortune it doesn't matter to me anymore and people who know me know that i'm just fortunate to be able to do what i do um because my mindset changed my heart changed yeah, you just took that to a whole new level, Brett. I love it. I mean, so it comes it comes to the point where you're saying that, you know, this is not just not about you, and it's also right. not just about the patient that's in front of you. It goes back to that core belief on who are you doing this for? And you say you don't do it necessarily for you. You don't necessarily do it for the patient, even though I think God gives us the ability to be satisfied in those things that we do. You're saying, no, I'm doing this for a higher purpose because you are creating a way to, to, to provide that. 
That's awesome. Well said. Yeah. Uh, I think anybody's like, well, anybody that I've ever talked to that talks about their purpose, it's always, well, pretty much always other centered. Like, what am I here to do on this earth? It's not about me. It's about us. Um, And how do we show up? So how do we show up as a profession? How do we show up as a community? How do we show up as a company? How do we show up in the world just as ourselves in, in this time? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, again, I was taking some notes when you guys were talking and a couple things, and it was a common theme of the shift of the focus and that shift of the focus from us focused to them focused. I think that that speaks back to the words that Brad highlighted of having a servant heart. And that's usually one of the core principles of what draws people to the world of physical therapy. You know, I mean, Andrew, you said something that was really profound and I think Brett highlighted it very similar. He just used a different set of words and he says, you said, we want to be there to serve the people who need it. We want to be there to serve the people who need it. Talk about a servant heart mentality for us to be there with family, with kids, with parents, with grandparents who potentially could have negative effects from us continuing to to treat patients, but our heart pulls us in the directions to continue to serve the people who need it. Now, it's interesting. I'd also say that by doing that, we're still serving our friends. We're serving our parents. We're serving our grandparents. We're serving our children if we have them, right? We are serving those people. And it's a, it, it's a perspective change that I think Jen's analogy of the snow globe has allowed me to see it because a lot of the noise has settled. And as disheartening as it was for me to not be able to go to gift gathering one and Adrian and see all of those people in person, I'm really thinking that like Brett said, it was because there was a reason why, and it allowed me to let the noise and the dust to settle so that I can keep that focus on the being there for the people who need the service of my heart more so than the service of anything else. I think for the first time in my career, I, um, you know, as people are doing the quarantine thing and staying at home is actually the best service that you can provide to try and flatten the curve. And I'm seeing this on in the news, social media and all this for a minute. I'm like, man, am I, am I going backwards by going out and continuing to do my job while everybody else is at home? Am I not the servant? I'm used to being the servant and I'm having to shift my perspective, but no, it's, it's not the case. Then that same day I'll have a patient that tells me, I am so thankful that you're here. I am so thankful I got to come in today. I really needed to, I'm, you know, a lady's husband just passed away. She's an isolate. What do you do after a surgery? And you just lost your husband. Like things happen for a reason. And I kind of sit in that things happen for a reason. I am here for a reason. I'm going to work for a reason. And 
in addition to that, I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to, you know, wash hands 14 million times a day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, man, it, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words at this point, which is very unusual for me. But. <laughs> really? I think about in gift, they, I want you guys to kind of comment on this too. They talk about load to explode. So, so we talk about anytime you're going anywhere, you're going to go down to go up. You're going to go back to go forward. You're going to load your body the opposite direction of where you want to go. If you're thinking about that in relation to COVID-19 and the changes that we've had to make, what are your thoughts? What do you think is ahead for us? Because this is an obvious quote unquote down. <laughs> I think the postural aspect that you're talking about is we are in a down point, but I'll go back to what I was speaking to a little bit about being able to to push that accelerator down or, you know, Warren Buffett, financial guru, he says when people are, are scared, that's where you're greedy. And while he's obviously talking about financial means, I think that's what we can be where people are scared in their spirit. We can be greedy about addressing that spirit where we can be there to encourage them and give them what they need because that's where they are low and we can join them in the low, but we can be there to support them on the way up. They are now in a loaded position, crouched down, and can we help them rise up? And it's not just power and strength of us. You know, at, at best, we're just conduits doing doing the work of of our Creator. And and speaking with spiritual gifts, you know, in in First Corinthians thirteen, love chapter. A lot of people know that. If you go to a wedding, you'll you'll, you'll hear it. It's, it's weddings at a church. You know, but at the very end, this whole whole love chapter, it says, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And some people in that whole love chapter, I go, well, what does is, what is faith and hope have to do about it? Well, you appreciate it in this context. It's talking about the spiritual gift. And I feel like whenever we address the spiritual gift that a person is innately in, I think we are in a wonderful position, posture, to serve people in love, giving them faith and giving them hope and I think all those three commodities seem to be in short supply right now. It seems like everyone has gone away with the toilet paper, I guess. Everyone's trying to just hoard it for themselves. But if anyone knows anything about faith, hope, and love, it's not something you keep to yourself. It's something that you share with another person. That's the way you use it, not to hoard it, but to give it. And because the more you give it, I mean, you know, but God has shown me in the past, and I think he'll be faithful to show me in the future if you keep on on giving that, then he will give you the supply you need to keep on giving. Amazing. Fish, you got anything on that? No, it's just awesome. I love what he said. <laughs> that's, just, that's, it. that's the essence of what this is about right there. And I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's... Oh, I think it's been amazing to see, like, things pivot. They're pivoting for the better. They're changing for the better. They're seeing opportunity. I was just reading an article today about a restaurant in Phoenix that at 5 p.m. every day, she's just giving away her food. So she's like, this is not about me making money in this thing. This is about feeding people that need it. And it's like, oh, like, that's it. Like, I think a lot of this has actually allowed us to remember what we're here for. Like, what is this about? And what are we going to do from here out to reassess where we were and what we want to be from, from here on? Yeah, I think that triadox of mind, body, spirit 
intertwined with the triadox of faith, hope, and love that Andrew shared is really how I see us coming out of this issue and helping people from the low point. And that low point is different for everybody. Um, that using those two triadoxes in intertwined is really where I hope that we can inspire each other and inspire our patients, inspire our profession to be better, be more mindful, connect at a different level, pivot our mindset, shift our mindset, advance our mindset, take it. I don't want to use the word take advantage of the opportunity, but there is an opportunity right now for the world of physical therapy to be better. Um, you know, I, I highlighted this in a, in a company discussion about what happened during the polio epidemic and physical therapists were deemed essential there. And physical therapists were called to come and serve in the areas where the polio epidemic was the hardest hit. And, you know, we saw things from Maggie Knott and Catherine Worthingham and Florence Kendall. We saw those great physical therapists help emerge and heal the nation of people suffering from the polio epidemic. And that was so inspiring and uplifting to me going back and studying that about our profession that again, that was something that pulled on my heart, listening to Brad Gray's talk and texting almost immediately the three of you after listening to that about, I, I want to do this podcast. And that's the joy of doing a podcast is we can talk about whatever we want, whenever we want. We don't really have anybody telling us what we have to talk about, which is awesome. Um, but that, that connection of faith, hope, and love with mind, body, and spirit and how picking our head up out of the clouds as the dust settles to inspire each other, to inspire ourselves, to refocus ourselves, and to help the world of physical therapy get better is just something that's awesome. So, you know, Maggie Knott, one of my kind of, uh, you know, figures that I looked up to in the world of physical therapy, very inspiring. I want to pose a question to you guys that kind of will hopefully help inspire our listeners, encourage hope in them is as we emerge out of this and things start to reopen, um, you know, we're not going to go back to quote unquote normal. There's going to be something that new that happens. And so I kind of want to just ask the three of you, your perspective from an essential standpoint for our listeners to again, inspire them and provide hope. A, a, a thought, a nugget to chew on as as we adapt to quote unquote a new normal that you again can leave them that will inspire them and and provide hope for them. Absolutely. Um, no one's going to be surprised by this. I'm going to the one to throw in a Mister Rogers quote into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Absolutely. No, but he talked about kids are really, really scared of ambulances and of fire trucks and they're loud. And you can start to associate that with danger and being scared and fear. And he said that his mom always said, look for the helpers in those situations. Look for the helpers, because, you know, if there's something going down, 
if there's something bad happening, that there's going to be helpers that are going to rush in. And if you think that way, then you're always going to think about doing good in these situations. Um, that gives me chills just thinking about because that's what we are. That's what healthcare is. We're rushing in. We're trying to help this, this thing. And I personally think that's where the best ideas come from. Um, that's, that's where the pivots happen. And so I've been curious for my own life and for my you know, just career and what, what do you want to do? Let's you know, reflect on who you were before, how things were, what were you stressing about? How can you alter that now that you've had this gap in time and what can you change going forward? It doesn't have to go backwards. It shouldn't go backwards. Life isn't meant to go backwards. It's meant to go forwards and improve from there. So I would just challenge and encourage everybody to, to think forward. You know, I think for me, Jen, thank you for sharing that because that, that rings home for me too. Just, you know, how does this time affect us personally as a profession and me personally, even this podcast and, and it's, is it, is this time defining your purpose? Are you taking the time to really understand why you are who you are and why you're doing it? And purpose always leads to passion. And I really, I really challenge all of us, and my, myself included, that we really define even more why we do what we do and come out of this with even more passion to do the things for others that God's given us the, the gifts to do. And we all have different gifts, even within physical therapy. And that's, that's been my challenge to myself. And I hope others listening to this podcast. Yeah. I think beautifully said. I mean, as we adapt to this new normal and we try to figure out, you know, uh, after a monumental shift in, in healthcare, maybe how, how, who is necessary, what's necessary, when it's necessary. I mean, I, I want to go back to how we kind of open everything up and saying you are necessary. You listeners, you individually on the podcast team right now, Brett, Jen, Dan, I mean, thank you guys for being an essential part of, of encouraging other people, essential part of, of mentoring me and encouraging me. Um, and I feel like that, that's the new normal of, of where do we get that encouragement from? You know, God gives people around us to help encourage us. And, and in the end, he gave us himself to, to feed off of, to, to live off of. And so I feel like for me, that, that's the dust snow globe settling is, is what's that clarity of, of purpose and mission and vision in you. Y'all like my snow globe analogy, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, again, I want to, I want to thank the three of you for joining on the podcast today. I know you guys have all participated in the past and I'm grateful to, to have your voice, your expertise, um, and, and also your passion for our profession, passion for serving others. And, you know, I'm so humbled by, by the three of you, by, um, the, the people in the leadership at Spoon Physical Therapy who continue to support our podcast and, um, help us to continue to drive content out there for our listeners. And, you, you know, I, you know, in closing, I, I just want to make sure that our listeners heard that we want to provide inspiration. We want to provide hope. And we hope that we have done that over the last, you know, 45 minutes worth of discussion here with all of you that this 
time is been a challenge for all of us, um, both personally and professionally, but that, you know, we are helpers. We are here to serve our communities. We are here that, and it is essential for us as healthcare providers and, and physical therapists to impact a patient's mind, body, and spirit. That when we f- change our focus from an internal focus to an external focus, our ability to serve others, whether it's our our families, our friends, our communities, our colleagues, our patients, it gets better. It's more fun. It's more inspirational for those around us. And again, so I just want to thank our listeners for all the work that you guys do. I want to thank the, you know, the three of you for joining me here on this podcast. And in closing, I just want to do a quick shout out I want to provide just a quick shout out to a couple listeners, uh, specifically uh, Taylor Hagel from Bend, Oregon. He uh, has been an avid listener to our podcast, and he actually turned uh, Nate S. in our Spooner Physical Therapy Peoria location onto the podcast, which led to Nate seeking us out and eventually getting hired. So that's a, that's a huge shout out for Taylor um, and for Nate. They've also given us some feedback and some things that they want to hear more on from, from a listener standpoint. So uh, again, in, th- in, in closing, thanks, Jen. Um, Andrew, Brett, for taking the time to join us. And hopefully our listeners are inspired by what we talked about today. As always, you can reach us at therapistinmotion at spoonerpt.com. Thanks and have a great day.